Fundamental Belief Number 13, The Festivals of God Summary Statement The seven annual festivals are special times of assembly, given to ancient Israel by God through Moses, and kept by Christ, the Apostles, and the New Testament Church, they are commanded to be observed today. These festivals reveal God's plan of salvation for mankind. They will continue to be observed during the millennium. Now the details. Besides the weekly Sabbath, God has set aside additional time throughout the year for His people to assemble, worship Him, and learn about His master plan of salvation for mankind. These special times are called the Feast of the Lord, proclaimed to be holy convocations, commanded assemblies of God's people, made holy by God's blessing and presence. The dates of these feasts of God are proclaimed in their seasons of the year, which are determined according to the calendar established by God and preserved by the Jewish people as part of the oracles of God. These seasons are based on the regular movements of the earth and moon, as God established them at creation. Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons for days and years. The Hebrew word moed, translated seasons in Genesis 1.14, means an appointment, specifically a festival, an assembly as convened for a definite purpose. Strong's Hebrews Dictionary. In Leviticus 23.2, this same word is translated as feasts, and in Lamentations 1.4 and 2.6 as set feast or appointed feast. Jesus observed the feast of God, and the apostles, by example and teaching to the church, including both Jewish and Gentile members, continued his practice. Prophecies of Christ's rule on the earth following his second coming show that all peoples will then be taught and commanded to observe God's feast. In Old Testament times, God's feasts were observed primarily at the Jerusalem temple and included physical sacrifices and offerings. In New Covenant times, these sacrifices and offerings are no longer required, or possible, for the church. But the sacred nature of the holy days themselves has not changed. Paul taught the church to resist the influence of outsiders who would criticize them for continuing to keep these feasts of God. Instead, the members were to follow the teaching of the church with regard to the observance of these holy times. So let no one judge, from the Greek word krino, which can also be translated condemn, you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths. The church at Colossae was being troubled by ascetics who condemned all physical enjoyments. Paul countered their influence explaining that keeping God's festivals includes the enjoyment of proper foods and beverages, in food or in drink. Also note that the timing of the Feast of God was associated with the occurrence of new moons. In fact, one of them occurs on a new moon, the first day of the month on the Hebrew calendar. One of the most important phrases in this passage is Paul's statement that the biblical feast are a shadow of things to come. Note Paul's use of the present tense. They are, not were, as though the ancient festivals were now relics of the past. He was clearly talking about critics judging the church for the way they were keeping the feast God had ordained.
The feasts of God are indeed less than rich. The following summary illustrates that some are memorials of steps God has already accomplished in His master plan of salvation, while others foreshadow steps that are yet to be fulfilled. The Passover memorializes the sacrificial death of Christ, the Lamb of God, to reconcile sinners to God. It should be noted that the Passover, though one of God's annual festivals, is not a holy day. The Days of Unleavened Bread, a seven-day feast, the first and seventh days being holy days, picture living a righteous life with the help of God. Putting leavening out of our homes symbolizes striving to suppress and remove the prideful, puffed-up thoughts and actions of sin from our lives. Eating unleavened bread represents putting God's righteousness into our lives. The day of Pentecost commemorates this new way of life, made possible by the gift of the Holy Spirit through repentance and baptism. It also marks the beginning of the church that Jesus promised He would build, consisting of those who are called by God, baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. The Feast of Trumpets foreshadows a series of events that will lead to Christ's return to earth in power and glory to establish the kingdom of God. At His return, converted Christians will be resurrected, transformed to spirit, and will reign with Christ on the earth. The Day of Atonement represents the time after Christ's return when Satan will be restrained for a thousand years, opening the way for humanity to be reconciled to God. The Feast of Tabernacles is a seven-day feast that pictures the 1,000 years when the entire world will be ruled by Christ, assisted by the resurrected saints. At this time, God's government will be restored. The eighth day, or last great day, foreshadows a time when all who died without full knowledge of God will live again. They will, for the first time, have their minds opened to His Word and have access to the Holy Spirit. They will then be judged by how they live during this time of testing. God will ensure through this resurrection that every human will have a fair opportunity to know Him and choose to prove Himself or Herself faithful and to enter His kingdom. It includes the conclusion of God's plan for humanity, in which those who have refused to be obedient to God and to receive the gift of salvation will be cast into the lake of fire. To learn more about this topic, download our free booklet, From Holidays to Holy Days, God's Plan for You. Thanks for listening. For the next chapter of this booklet, continue with episode 14 of the Fundamental Beliefs of the Church of God, a Worldwide Association.